Welcome to the show, and don't forget to check out this month's Nebula exclusive, Giant Space Monsters, as we explore everything from Space Kraken to Giant Sandworms. To get access and help support the show while hearing every episode early and ad-free, plus hours of bonus content, check out go.nebula.tv slash and use my code IsaacArthur. This video is sponsored by CuriosityStream. Get access to my streaming video service, Nebula, when you sign up for CuriosityStream using the link in the description. For every possible UFO sighting there's always a debate if it was an alien or a weather balloon, but nobody ever seems to wonder if it was an alien weather balloon. So today we'll be discussing the various UFO sightings and footage released officially by the US Navy in 2020, and we'll ask if they are UFOs, what they might be if they're not, whether or not they are UFOs of a terrestrial origin or alien, what they might be if they are either of those, and if they are alien, what it might indicate. I've been getting requests to do this episode for some time and declined, though it did finally win one of our polls over on Facebook. We run episode topic polls on a lot of our social media platforms, but one thing I usually like about Facebook is folks can add in their own topics to the poll, and I will open another of those up when this episode airs if you want to join our Facebook group which is linked in the episode descriptions, as are all of our other social media platforms. As I said, I mostly like that feature of folks being able to add their own topics, but sometimes it throws me curveballs and this is one of them. I normally do not like to discuss specific evidence of alien sighting or other phenomena, because folks either expect me to play the hard skeptic or acknowledge some bit of evidence as utter proof of their theory. Those of you who are channel regulars know that's not my style. Let's also get the UFO thing out of the way. First, yes these are UFOs, objects that fly and have not been identified, and as a quick and probably unnecessary reminder, that doesn't make them automatically alien, or even weird prototype human tech, just that the sighting didn't permit anyone at the time to say what it was or definitively say what it was later. I'll also add in that they are being called a UAP, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, but same difference minus the conspiratorial tone UFO summons to many minds and we'll just stick with UFO. Let's start with the background real quick. There's three videos folks are usually talking about, nicknamed Gimbal, GoFast, and Floor, and they differ from a lot of prior UFO footage in that it's US Navy footage, so it's generally considered higher quality and more credible in terms of both authenticity and various commentary and analysis given in and around them. For those of you watching rather than listening, you'll have been seeing the Navy footage on the screen as I talked, and seen some peculiar stuff. It can seem even more peculiar with the observations of folks watching the event happening on the recordings and in the backdrop of some of the other reported incidents at the time. However we can get some confusion, as for instance one of the videos was shot shortly after another pilot had seen something weird in that area, and often in discussion the events of that eyewitness account get confused with the video. We also have a radar operator who'd been noticing objects plummeting from very high altitude that didn't seem possible connected to that event too. However, while one explanation is that both events happened close together in space and time, so to speak, was that it was a connected event, like the same vehicle hanging around, another is that when you've had weird events get reported folks tend to see more of them because they're searching for them and maybe finding them even when they're not there. Let me also throw a big caveat on this. This footage is released by the Navy, but they held it, officially, out of concern folks might figure out secrets from the instrumentation readings on the screen. That's a valid concern, both in terms of protecting military secrets and in trusting the footage, since most of the explanation for these mundane events comes from running the math on that displayed instrumentation. 
I would tend to think it genuine, but it isn't exactly a wild accusation to wonder if the data on the screen might have been doctored before public release to avoid disclosing instrument capabilities or weaknesses, and if it were, well then all of what we'll discuss in a moment for mundane explanations would be wrong and something far weirder was being seen. I want to go through those mundane explanations offered for these footages first, then we'll discuss the non-mundane and even alien examples, but before I do, I just want to give a shout out to Mick West. His channel has done a lot of videos explaining the mundane scenarios in great detail, complete with modeling, examples, and solid math and science, but in a very approachable fashion, and I'll link his playlist focused on the Navy UFO footage. His channel has way fewer subscribers than it deserves, so if you head over to get those details and enjoy it, make sure to give him a like and a subscribe. I will summarize though. Of the three videos, Gimbal is all about the gimbal mounted camera tricking the observer, Go Fast actually isn't going fast at all, and Floor isn't making any sudden moves, the camera's just moving and zooming. The mundane explanation, and the one I find most likely, is that we're probably looking at a plane, a balloon, and another plane respectively. While Gimbal and Go Fast basically say what the issue is and is not, Floor does too in a less obvious fashion. Floor stands for Forward Looking Infrared Radar. Many bits of footage or pictures, in the air or up in space, can look weird simply because they're not shot in the visual spectrum. Infrared is the heat the object is giving off, and it can make for a very blobby and unsharp image. Now this video isn't about saying what these objects were or were not, or whether we get visited by aliens or not, but in this case we do have one thing we can simply debunk. Folks looking at the infrared footage will see a black object with a white halo, black indicating heat and white ordinarily indicating a quarter region. This is a weird thing, because a hot object giving off a pocket or halo of cold, colder than the surrounding environment, would violate the laws of thermodynamics and entropy as we understand them, so some folks took this as an outright sign of advanced technology based on thermodynamic principles we haven't yet discovered. But the answer in this case is simpler, the white halo in the video isn't a pocket of cold, but an artifact of image processing, the camera system sharpening a blobby, blurry image. Now that's a good example of folks doing their research but not enough or in the right spots. That's also a lot more understandable in pre-internet days with some other footage and pictures, especially given that exact camera effects, filters, and so on used by the military aren't necessarily public information, and folks would have to do guesswork. I've worked with infrared cameras as a civilian and when I was in the army, so assumed it was a camera artifact, but still had to check the forums to see which one it was. And if it were what the folks thought it was, a genuine halo of cold, then yeah, that's some scary advanced technology, and I would dub it almost certainly alien, since if anyone on Earth had access to it, they would either be a trillionaire or the dominant economic and military superpower of the planet. Uh, which raises another point too. A common explanation for the craft, in this or the sightings, is they might not be alien but simply represent some country's advanced prototypes. Given that it's US Navy footage, there tends to be an assumption it is some other countries, but given how bureaucratic and compartmentalized the Department of Defense and some of its kindred departments are, it is entirely possible it is a US prototype, and the folks who know just aren't sane because nobody with the authority to ask them did so and publicly. Another aspect of this though is that while nations certainly do like to keep their military hardware secret, they usually can't or don't keep the core science secret and something like a genuine compact fusion engine, let alone a perpetual motion machine, or similar, represents a piece of technology that is vastly more useful if openly employed. It's nice to have the best fighter jet, but even better to have whole fleets and armies equipped and trained in variations of that tech. 
and even better yet to have your economy be so upgunned by that tech than it is to us but we are to folks centuries ago playing with little prototype steam engines in terms of economic booms. There's a ton of conspiracy theories for why you might keep such beneficial tech a secret, and they may be true, but an inability to disprove something doesn't mean it's true. I would also tack on the warning that if you need a conspiracy theory to explain the motivations of another conspiracy theory, and more to tweak those to explain their loopholes, you might want to be considering if something more mundane and straightforward is the reason. Which takes us to the Go Fast video. This video gets its name from an object that seems to be traveling really fast, and also is not giving off any kind of infrared signature. That implies some sort of advanced technology if true, and again, the really advanced kind, your thermodynamics violating kind. But the more mundane explanation is that it's just a balloon moving at the same speed as the wind. I know, it's a cliche to say that a UFO is just a weather balloon, but as we say in regard to writing and reading science fiction, just because something is a cliche doesn't mean it's bad. We launch a couple thousand weather balloons every single day, and of course they have no engine on them to produce infrared heat, and they're full of helium rather than hot air, so no heat holding them up either. They also usually are carrying a science package plus a radar reflector exactly so we can track them, so they tend to pick up on sensors pretty easily. Now such a balloon obviously can't travel the speed of sound or make jerking movements outside of extreme weather and the kind you would find on a place like Jupiter, not a terrestrial hurricane. But here we have an easier answer. In GoFast the background seems to be moving so quickly because the plane and its camera watching the object are moving fast so the background ocean behind the object is whizzing by because it's looking at it from a rapidly changing angle. There's the question of why the Navy kept these secret for years, and part of the answer is part of the reason why these bits of footage look weird. Quite a lot of classified imagery is classified not because of what's in the picture, but because of what the picture reveals about the camera, tracking system, vehicle carrying the camera, or the time the camera was in that location. In these videos there are overlays of all sorts of arcane data, and that's the flight and camera information. The Navy wasn't worried about revealing the object, they were worried about what clever rivals might be able to deduce about our hardware's strength and weaknesses from that footage, like how to evade detection or shoot them down easier. On the screen for GoFast there is data like how far the object is from the observing plane and what angle the camera is tilted at, and as we'll see with the parallel footage from Gimbal in a moment, we also see when the camera loses lock and has to reacquire, which causes a skip and other visual anomalies. If you're trying to get a plane or missile past a tracking system, knowing when and what caused it to lose a target lock is obviously rather handy. Again, we can't disprove other theories here, and we don't know for sure what these objects are, but that's the mundane explanation for keeping it secret, for instance. Though you can throw in a dose of good old fashioned bureaucracy for the delay too. As I mentioned earlier though, if we consider that motivation, we also have to accept that the video that did get released might have had those instrument overlays doctored, though we'll assume they're genuine for now. Anyway, in the GoFast overlay we have the camera angle, distance to object, altitude and heading and angle of the plane, and so on. From that we can do some trigonometry to determine the plane is around 6 kilometers high, and the object about half that, 3 kilometers beneath it and above the water. As soon as you do that and calculate its motion based on the plane and camera motions, you suddenly have something moving at expected wind speeds, exactly what you'd expect from a weather balloon, a nice radar return, no big infrared spot indicating powerful engines, traveling along with the wind. Getting back to Gimbal briefly, again if you want details I do recommend those videos by Mick West I've linked, but the short answer is that you've got a camera following an object while it flicks through zooms and rotates the camera, 
and the nature of the Gibbo Mount is one, along with a devotation package designed to minimize the issues with that Gibbo Mount toning, produce the effects we see of impossible movement. Now as to Floor, before we move past mundane explanations, this is not the Tic Tac incident, but often gets confused with it for some parallels. Not long before that, pilots of the aircraft carrier Nimitz reported encountering a hypersonic Tic Tac shaped object zigzagging around. Whereas Floor itself is less exotic and its blurry appearance is pretty close to what we expect from a passenger plane, looked at by the camera given the distances and resolutions. As to the Tic Tac, I'm not going to impugn either the honesty or expertise of any of our pilots or radar operators, and they may well have picked up on the real deal as it were, but at the same time, I have my own areas of expertise and made my own share of blunders or misidentifications, so that could be the reason too. Errors do happen even with exports, and a lot. It is possible they were outright lying, and from a science perspective we can't just dismiss that option, but I find it more likely they were seeing the real thing than being dishonest about it, and even more likely it was just one of the myriad glitches, confusions, or mistake common enough in such cases anyway. I mention the part about dishonesty not because I think it likely, but because I don't feel folks should have to worry about being attacked for smearing our service members or other eyewitnesses just for saying it's a possibility. Personally, I tend to think the vast majority of sightings, military or civilian, export or layman, are honest, just probably wrong, but some probably are lies too. Of course, many being false observations doesn't mean they all are. Scientific observation is about quality of data more than quantity, and folks make mistakes with this a lot. They either say 99 mistakes means number 100 must be 2, which is bad thinking as no event's evidence is greater or lesser because of the veracity of other events. Or they say that the sheer number of sightings means at least some must be genuine flying saucers, which is the same flaw just in reverse. Ten trillion sightings by honest eyewitnesses of something they think is strange is not the same as a single case of well-documented and recorded evidence. Of course that's the whole point of those three Navy UFO videos and some others like the Chilean Air Force sighting. You can't see it right there on the video with the flight data right on top, problem is you actually have to account for what that data says, assuming you trust it and what the hardware and software are doing, not what it looks like when you watch it. And it can get the exports too. As we saw in the Chilean case, it puzzled them and they are no amateurs and investigated thoroughly, but it hit the internet and inside a week we had an explanation for why it was probably a plane, complete with a record of a plane running that path at that time, and no reports from passengers or crew on it of anything weird happening out near them. So they are the mundane explanations of Gimbal, Floor, and GoFast, Probably respectively a plane, a plane, and a balloon. Probably, again in the Chilean Air Force example, we at least had a plane on record on that flight. To the best of my knowledge nobody has come up with a positive ID for any plane or balloon that might have been there at those times and places, for the US Navy footage. Which is not in itself a big deal, but their absence certainly doesn't help debunk the sighting. I will also add that while skeptics have given lots of debunking to these videos, They've also got plenty of rebuttals rebunking them, if that's a word, and also even more re-debunking those rebuttals and so on. I've already said my opinion of the most probable answer, but it is just that, and I've encountered plenty of other sightings down the years to which I couldn't give a yes this is definitely an X to, nor is the most probable or mundane solution always the right one. Heck, science is mostly about running down abnormalities, and it doesn't pay to just assume anomalies with inconclusive data to say yay or nay must be the mundane answer. So what if it wasn't mundane? Channel regulars know I'm not a big fan of conspiracy theories, not because I don't think conspiracies happen, but because they tend to function by assuming a given answer then trying to tweak and shove the evidence and assume motivations of those involved to fit that answer, 
and we examine that notion more in our Alien Civilizations Conspiratorial Aliens episode. Now I do that too, that's basically what the entire Chung and Cheek Alien Civilization series is about, assuming a bit of evidence and trying to determine motivations for it or the reverse, but as we often see in that series, when we do that, many of the common alien motives and actions suggested or witnessed don't really match up well. As an example, we talked about that sharpening artifact on one of the videos that caused a white halo around hot objects, indicating a cold zone around it and how that couldn't be any modern technology but implies something bending or breaking thermodynamics. As we often say on this show, there's no such thing as stealth spaceships, and a major reason for that is they have to produce heat to do anything, making them visible on infrared. Our big caveat is always that they can get around that if they can bend or break thermodynamics, if we ignore that sharpening effect and just said yes they have this technology that would be implied, you have to ask why we're picking them up at all. The implication of them not landing in the middle of Times Square or the White House front lawn is that they're not trying to be seen, and since they have thermodynamics breaking engines capable of running cold and running at performances of thrust and time beyond anything we have, why on earth are we lucky out in spotting them? Why are they using their clock tech heat changing ability inside the hull of their ship to keep it cool instead of producing some cold halo? Remember, the infrared shot shows a hot object. Why on Earth, especially while on Earth hiding from the natives, would you leave a big glaring infrared signature on your ship's hull and a useless cold zone right around it that is also visible? And again, it isn't, it's a fairly mundane sharpening mask used in lots of infrared imaging, but that's the sort of reasoning that can cause problems. You decide it's got thermodynamics breaking capability, which is fine, that should be the technology every civilization focuses on pursuing with earnest if they can get even a hint that they might be able to twist known science to make it work, and if they do, then its value in virtually every device is beyond counting. But you can't stop there, they've got this tech, what else can they do with it? Well they can fuel their civilization's power needs so well you don't need to bother even with things like Dyson spheres to run their civilization, no matter how big it gets. So you could have civilizations avoiding the Dyson Dilemma we so often discuss here, and which also has a caveat for thermodynamics breaking power sources. So far it's a great Fermi Paradox solution, with the obvious issue that we generally consider the laws of thermodynamics about the most solid rule in science. And if you got that technology, you're not interested in Earth except for curiosity's sake, as we are no threat they couldn't handle with a casual backhand, and no use as a conquest or for the planet's raw materials. So you could guess they're just here spying for the sake of anthropology, or to sneak in and nudge us culturally in some preferred direction. All plausible reasons, but hanging on the notion that a mission about stealth, and with the capability for stealth, screwed up and got caught. Which is certainly possible and we play with the notion of such accidents, or even doing it on purpose in Paranoid Aliens, but while a stealth system might screw up or be insufficient here or there, It would seem peculiar for them to keep on the secret mission stuff when the aforementioned stealth system seems to screw up all the time, producing untold numbers of sightings. You'd also think they noticed that they got locked and a plane was pursuing them, and given their super engines they'd get the heck out of Dodge, or try to act normally till they got in position to disappear, mimicking a balloon or a regular jet or a meteor falling into the sea. Which to be fair might be what they do and why so often think something anomalous shows signs of being a weather balloon. We also have the repeated radar sightings of them plumbing down from the vast heights that spark the sequence of events ending with the filming of one of the videos, and a good question to ask in a case like that isn't if they could have technology permitting them to pull off fast maneuvers beyond the plausible scope of modern aircraft or spacecraft, but rather what might have motivated them to be doing it. What's out in the middle of the ocean that they were zooming down on with such interest? 
Were they studying whales, or looking for them like in Star Trek IV? Incidentally, what about all the other reports over the years of objects that just jump around and do impossibly fast turns? Ignoring that, as we saw, it can be rather hard to know that without knowing all the angles and distances and running the calculations, we usually mean that in a handful of regards. First, it is very hard to get above the speed of sound and stay there for very long, as you burn fuel fast and release a very visible jet flame doing that. We discussed some types of hypersonic plane designs in our Space Planes episode that could get around that fuel limitation, like a scramjet that was heating the air it shoved through via the chamber basically being a big microwave receiver that was getting beamed energy. Such an approach is not beyond our science to do even now, the core science and technology is very simple honestly, but it would certainly have one heck of a heat signature, and unless you were very tight with that microwave beam, that would probably be picked up too, both the beam and scatter. Very powerful alien engines, or secret government prototypes, have to use that power and get rid of the heat, resulting in infrared sensors that would be blindingly bright compared to normal planes, unless they had that thermodynamics breaking tech. Another way such maneuvers are impossible is the acceleration rate. Turning in the air, same as turning a car around a curve on the road, produces centrifugal force acting on the pilot the same as accelerational gravity. As an example, if you're moving 1000 meters per second, roughly Mach 3, and you want to turn, your turning radius is still 10 kilometers, even if you're pulling 10g of acceleration, and that's a bit above what fighter pilots can handle. Alternatively, something moving 10,000 meters per second, 10 times faster, and more akin to what spacecraft launching to orbit do, your 10g turning radius is about 1000 kilometers, and your 1g more like the radius of the planet, since orbiting a planet at a given distance is all about having your turning radius be identical to your orbital distance at an acceleration equal to the planet's gravity at that distance. So if you see some radar blip change course at a speed and rate that would require it to pull some 100g maneuver, you know that's not a ship manned by a human. Of course it could be a missile, drone, or other computer controlled craft of terrestrial origins, or it could be aliens who are better at handling g-forces, either because they have better biology for it, or were not biological, alien artificial intelligences for instance, or had something like inertial dampeners. Again we had that problem of what else the technology could do if you've got it besides flip aircraft around fast. If your aliens are essentially artificial intelligences, then they have options like just sending a very small drone down, or millions of them, to either be remotely controlled from a distance, or with an actual and very compact AI on them. No visible giant heat signature with that inertial dampener technology when it's coming down either, since if you can play with inertia you probably don't have the usual issues of trying to orbit a place then come crashing down at huge speeds, trying to move your inertia by air drag to save fuel, you can dampen inertia without air braking. Same, if you've got a ship that makes all this look like a joke, you can avoid most of the speed issues we have to deal with. Our atmosphere is not that thick, so you just travel up at a modest pace then do all your fast maneuvers in orbit then drop. Objects dropping into the atmosphere don't move very fast, it's objects coming in at interplanetary velocities like a meteor, or objects moving incredibly fast to stay in orbit then re-enter the atmosphere at those speeds that have all the insane heat and energy signatures. Now none of these examples tells us what those objects were or why they were here if they weren't from here originally. Again, this episode isn't about disproving any given theory or trying to say for sure what they were, but merely as a reminder that once we label something with incredible attributes, we have to consider what other things they could do with those abilities and how that might alter their goals here. A species that can pull matter right out of nowhere doesn't need to invade Earth for raw materials for instance, a species with access to wormhole-like gateways and find control over them doesn't need to fly around in the sky, not to get here and not to look around. They could just pop a drone into the air from a wormhole, 
or even just open the wormhole to look at a place with a telescope and a camera on the other side, and so on. Again though, as to what those objects in the Navy videos were, we do not know, but we have some mundane explanations that seem to fit the bill, and an absence of certainty of those explanations does not lend credibility to the more extraordinary ones either. Every explanation has to stand on its own feet, not the failings of other explanations. Sherlock Holmes liked to say, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. But we do not know what is impossible. And for that matter, sometimes a weather balloon is just a weather balloon. If you're interested in learning more about possible alien civilizations, not only do we have our Alien Civilization series here on the main channel, but we also have a four-part series on coexisting with aliens looking at xenopsychology, trade, war, and alliances exclusively available over on our Nebula streaming service. We also show all our new episodes there a couple days early and without ads. If you'd like to catch SFIA episodes early and without ads and help support the show while you're doing it, you can sign up for Nebula today and see that exclusive Coexistence with Aliens series along with other great content from our sibling shows. However, you can also get it for free by instead signing up for CuriosityStream, who's partnering with us to bring you the best education videos out there. CuriosityStream has excellent educational content of their own and they are running a 26% discount if you use the link in the description. That's a great deal since it means you get a year of both CuriosityStream and Nebula for less than $15 and help support this show and a lot of other educational content, which is what CuriosityStream and Nebula are all about. And again, you can get a year of both for less than $15 by using the link in the episode description. So that will wrap up our bonus episode, but we'll be back on Thursday, and we will ask how low-tech a civilization can be and still travel through space to distant worlds. And in two weeks we'll return to our new series, Becoming an Interplanetary Species, to look at our first trip to a distant world and how high-tech we'll need to be to pull it off, as we look at our first base on Mars and how we go about getting there. If you want to know us when those and other episodes come out, make sure to subscribe to the channel, and if you'd like to help support future episodes you can donate to us on Patreon or our website IsaacArthur.net, which I'll link in the episode description below along with all of our various social media forums where you can get updates and chat with others about the concepts in the episode and many other futuristic ideas. Until next time, thanks for watching and have a great week.